I don't know if you remember last week we were talking about stones. I think probably about the last scripture that I mentioned was the stone over the tomb. And uh, we just sang a song about, you know, when God said move, the stone moved. I don't know if you was listening to Robin's testimony this morning, but God told her to move. God is telling us to move. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think we've all probably been told that we are body, soul, and spirit. I want to just kind of maybe correct that thinking a little bit, get you thinking a little bit. First, I'm going to ask you a question. Who are you? Okay. Hallelujah. Are you your father? Are you your mother? No, you're you. You're made up of things from your father and your mother. But in all reality, you are you. I want you to think about creation. God took some dust, formed man out of the dust, breathed into man the breath of life, and man became what? A living soul. You have a body. You have a spirit. But you are a soul. I want you to think about that. You are a soul. This body, that's not me. You know, the breath that I have, that's God. The life that I have is God. It's my soul that is me, and it's your soul that is you. And that's why, you know, we were just thinking, is it well with your soul? Your soul is in a tug of war. Why don't you think about it? The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is pulling on your soul. We've been studying in Sunday school class the world, the flesh, and the devil is pulling on the other side of your soul. See, it's our soul that matters. The disciples and the apostles learned that. You know, they weren't fearful of their body being destroyed. They were worried about their souls. They wanted to make sure that their souls were right when they met God. I want to read to you a scripture here out of uh, Ecclesiastes 5 and 6 to begin with, just to show you where I'm coming from here. Well, in 7, excuse me, 5, 6, and 7. Uh, 12, I believe, the very last one, yep. Now, in King James, this is a little bit hard to understand, and hopefully I can explain it when we get there if you don't already know what it's saying here. Also, when they shall be afraid of that which is high, and fear shall be in the way, and the almond tree shall flourish, and the grasshopper shall be a burden, and desire shall fail, because man goes to his long home, and the mourners go about the streets. It's talking about the end of life here. Nearing death. It's kind of hard to understand, but if you can think about a grasshopper being a burden, it's talking about when your strength is gone, uh, when you no longer, in a sense, have desire to live. Uh, man is going to his long home or his eternal place. It's talking about death. 
It goes on here in 6, or ever the silver cord be loosed, or the golden bowl be broken, or the pitcher be broken at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern. Again, talking about death. When your life is stopped. You know, when the life cord is loosed, when the bowl is broken, the pitcher is broken at the fountain. When no longer there is life in you. Then shall the dust, your body, return to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall return to God who gave it. Okay. So I think we can see right there that it's not about our body. It's not about the spirit. It's about our soul. It doesn't say where the soul goes because that's your choice. When you die, your body's going to go back to the earth. The spirit is going to go back to God. Where will your soul be? That's your choice. Where will your soul be? You are a soul. We've been talking about the heart. And I begin to realize in what I understand that when God speaks of the heart, he's speaking of our soul. I want you just to think about that. You know, where do our real emotions come from? Do they come from our natural heart? They come from our brain? I think we, you know, would, people would like us to think that, but I think in all reality, our emotions come from our soul, who we really are. I think that's really what our heart is. When God speaks of the heart, he speaks of our soul. I want to read in Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 9 and 10. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And I want you to listen to this. Verse 10, I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the rain, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruits of his doing. What's he saying? He says, I look at the soul. I look at your heart to see who it's following where it's being led, who's in charge of it. I believe there's a scripture that says, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. So I think that gives us a, a reality right there that it's all about our soul. You know, we're not going to save this flesh. You're not going to keep this spirit. God's going to take back that life that he gave you someday. But your soul, that's the heart of the matter. We've been talking about the heart and how we need to be wholehearted. We talked about guarding our heart so we don't have a heart attack. We talked about last week having a heart of stone or being hard-hearted. So what is God's desire for our heart? I want to turn to Psalms 51. Verse 10. I'm going to read down through 18, 17, excuse me. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of my salvation and uphold me with your free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you. 
Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, you God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open you my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you desire not sacrifice, else would I give it. You delight not in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God, or the sacrifices that are acceptable to God, are a broken spirit and a broken and a contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. I was just thinking about, we were talking about being hard-hearted last week. We need to break that hardness. That's what God's talking about here. A broken and a contrite heart. A humble and a broken heart. You know, I was thinking about that. Uh, you know, so often we talk about being broken-hearted over a love that's been lost or something. But God desires that we become broken-hearted over our sin and our life that has been lived outside of God's love. You know, God wants us to be humble and contrite before him. Hallelujah. I'm going to read in Isaiah 57, verse 15. For thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits in eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in a high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. I dwell in a place, high and holy place with him that is of a contrite and broken heart. Really what it's saying. His desire is to revive our heart. Our heart may have become stone, hard. We are without life, just as we were singing about the dry bones. God desires to revive our heart, especially if it becomes contrite. He will revive it. So we need to make sure that we are following God with our whole heart. In other words, with our soul. I want you to get that into your mind today. You have a body, you have a spirit, but you are a soul. You are not what you see in the mirror. You are what you see in God's mirror, I guess you could say. What God sees of you. And you know what that is. It's very apparent who you are in God's sight. Hallelujah. I want to go to Matthew chapter 21. I'll probably close with this one. We were talking last week, as I said, about stones. And I think I even mentioned this scripture last week. Verses 42 through 44. Jesus, as a lot of times he is, is arguing with the Pharisees here. <laughs> Jesus said to them, Did you never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected, the same has become the head of the corner, this is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Is it marvelous in your eyes? What God has done with Jesus? He was rejected by his own people, crucified, laid to rest, rose again. But he has become the chief cornerstone of the building of God, whom we are. Know ye not that you are the temple of God? You are lively stones being built together 
Hallelujah. The stone which the builders rejected, the same has become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, say I to you, this is Jesus talking, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you, telling the Pharisees, and given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof, or a group of people. That's us. And whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken, but on whomsoever it shall fall, it shall grind him to powder. Jesus is talking about here the soul. Whomsoever's soul will fall upon the rock, Jesus Christ, in repentance, will be saved. Whomsoever the rock or the stone falls upon, in other words, whoever will not repent, whosoever's soul will not confess that they are sinners, this rock will fall on them and it's going to grind them to powder. So we need to make sure that we are people of a contrite and broken heart. Humble and contrite heart. A soul that seeks God. A soul that desires to follow closely to our Savior's will and purpose. Who are you? Who are you? Do you see yourself as a soul? Or do you see yourself as a well-dressed person? Rich, influenced, affluent, excuse me, influencing people? We are a soul. That's who we are. We're not going to get away from that. That's what God made us to be. He breathed into us the breath of life and we became a living soul. Now because of sin, we became a dying soul or a dead soul. But we can live again because God's desire is to revive us if we have a contrite heart. Hallelujah. So I want to just encourage you this morning. Realize who you are in God. That you are a soul. Someday your soul will be separated from your spirit and your body. And it will go to reside eternally someplace. Your choosing. But realize that you are in a power struggle for your soul. God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are fighting against the world, the flesh, and the devil for your soul. Whom you will follow, that's whom you will reside with. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I just want to thank you. First of all, Lord, that you remove the stone from the grave. You can remove the stone from our heart hardness of our heart, our soul, Lord, the hardness of our soul. Lord, make us pliable in your hands. May we realize, Lord, that it's better to follow you than the world. Hallelujah. God, you've done so much for us. You've given us everything that we need that pertains to this life and godliness. I thank you for that promise. I just pray, Lord, that we would access that gift. And Lord, just as it says that uh, you are the vine and we are the branches. Father, we are not going to draw sustenance if we are separated from you. So help us to continually stay connected to the vine. May we abide in you. That means to take up residence in you. Not just visit you once in a while as we have need. But Father, you become our source. You become our all in all. Hallelujah. You're the preeminent one in our life. You're the only one in our life. 
Praise you, Jesus. Lord, I just thank you for this time together. And I just pray, Lord, that your word has touched hearts this morning, Lord, that you've made us to realize who we are in you. Lord, what we have access to through you. We give you praise this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. You're dismissed this morning.